y'all. What's happening? Man, this is smooth. That's a smooth groove, man. That's in honor of Carl Thomas, who had a concert last night up at the Frasier for everybody that came. Thanks, man. Summer Rain, man. That's one of my favorite jams. But, um, of course, you're listening to Out of Bounds with your host, Brandon Lawrence. Carlo Kellum, he's coming in a little bit later. Inside Man's coming on. Keith Frazier, he's coming on later on in the show. We'll get it started off. Might as well talk about football. Everybody's talking about it. But let's talk about a different type of story with football. The Zebras, the Stripes. Mike Carey, former referee, NFL referee, he, everybody, let's set it up. Everybody, everyone's talking about. I guess the big off season. One of the big off season stories is the uh, naming of the Redskins or the name, the name Redskins. There's a group of people that believe that the 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 name Redskins is derogatory and um, insensitive and disrespectful, and apparently. One of those people, uh, Mike Carey, belongs to those group of people. Mike Carey, former NFL referee in this offseason, he's retired, and he's on the uh, CBS sports team uh, in-house officiating guy. He's one of those guys that, you know, behind if you if there's a controversial call or, you know, a call that people don't – you can't make the make a decision on who's – Gets the ball out of bounds, whatever you know, or who's uh, if it was if they got the first down, he's the guy that you go to on TV and say, "Hey, Mike, what do you think about this?" Go behind the hood, I guess that's what they called it, and then they make a decision before the actual on the field refs tell you what they're gonna do. You know, was it irrefutable evidence or whatever? So anyway, he, Mike Carey, said that he avoided. Redskins games. He avoided officiating Redskins games since uh, 2006. And that was, I mean, that's kind of crazy, man. It's like eight years. He went six, what, seven years avoiding refereeing or officiating Redskins games because of the, uh, because of the nickname, because they're called the Redskins. He does not feel that that's a, uh, he, th- he thinks it's disrespectful. Like a lot of people do, and this thing, it kind of—I guess it kind of gained momentum a bit um, when during the off season, especially when uh, I think it was the U.S. trademark uh, trademark office refused to, uh, I guess, renew. Well, no, they opened it up. They could—they said that the Redskins could not own that uh, trademark, so I guess other people can own it, and you know. And that might set something. It's not really. It's like a backhand. It's actually their older one, though. It's not something. the one they currently use. What's that? The trademark that they got the patent taken off of. Yeah, it's. Well, they didn't get the patent taken off of it. Is that what they would well, not open it? Yeah. yeah, they open it up, meaning that other people can other people can come in and, and do it. And, but it was actually for it. it was actually their older logo that they had taken off of, which is kind of which which didn't get said in the articles. It was the. Uh, not the one they currently use. They still actually have a patent on that. It's the one they used in like the late seventies, early eighties. Is the one that's now no longer trademarked. Okay, which is still can be taken, but I mean, yeah. So, you know, the uh, Mike Mike Carey, 
he doesn't he thinks it's disrespectful. So the bottom line, he didn't referee the games. He avoided refereeing their games. And um that's kind of yeah, it is to me that's kind of weird. It's unusual. Uh, obviously it's unusual. Nobody else, no other referee has come out and said that they avoided officiating uh those games, especially for that length of time. But he said when the schedule came out, he said that uh he he asked them he said he told them that he'd like to be excluded from those assignments. And the decision, he's quoted as saying, was based on entire on, on his belief that something disrespectful is happening and he wanted to remove himself from the scenario. So I, you know, hey man, people have beliefs, man. You you got you you've got your beliefs and you've got your uh the judgment calls that you make and uh it's nothing wrong with it. Hey, I, I, you know, hey, stand up for something, man. Guy standing up for something, so cool. But uh, we'll see. You know, we'll, it's a good thing he would do Mike that opposed Kerry. to maybe putting himself in a situation where he would feel like he would be unfair judge judgment in a game that involved Washington because he it was feeling stored. like a in your business a judge excusing himself because he may have a bias in a case. Well, I don't. Uh, he that's why I he don't asked, think he would, don't put me in the game because I feel like he maybe didn't really I, I get might into have a, why he didn't say you know. I don't think I don't think he would if even if he did I don't think he would admit that. And but he, he said didn't really get into that. He only called him that. Washington. He never referred to him as Redskins. Yeah, but I mean that doesn't mean that he's gonna be he's gonna have some type of bias against the other team versus you know if it's a, if it's a close call. He just didn't he didn't like the name. He didn't feel that it was uh he felt it was disrespectful. He didn't want to be a part of anything. I mean you know you got to give it to the guy because history man. History is going to judge everyone. This thing, it might not be a big deal to some, but it is to others. And if it is a big deal to uh, to some people, you've got to acknowledge that. And history is going to tell, you know, whether who was right or who was wrong or, or if the name stands or if it doesn't stand. So, hey, man, you know, hey, he's got his uh, – he stuck, he stuck to his convictions. <clears throat> he didn't make a big scene about it, which is which is cool. He um and he did his thing, so uh, hey, hats off to Mike Carey, man. Interesting twist, uh, Brandon. I was just reading. I didn't notice this. The last Washington game he actually did officiate was actually Washington's actually last their last playoff win as well, where he uh, he they beat Tampa Bay and he inje- he actually threw Sean Taylor out of the game, which I do remember for spinning in on a on a Tampa Bay player. So he has he hasn't done a game with them since 06, and Washington has not won a playoff game since 06. So yeah, there, maybe, there, maybe, uh, maybe it's bad karma, man. Maybe Mike Carey is on the right side of things, man. You know, but I mean, the Redskins won, so he didn't that take game, it out on them. That's true. Good point. Yeah. He didn't take it out on. He them. did throw their player out, but he spit in the face of another player. So that's legitimate. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, that's, that's yeah. That'll get you thrown out. Speaking of getting thrown out, Johnny Manziel. Everybody knows by now he's not going to be the game one starter. Brian Hoyer is going to be start week one for the Browns. It was announced by uh, Mike Patine. So, Johnny, of course, you know, a couple things led up to this. I, I'm assuming. You can only speculate because they really didn't get into it. But basically they, what they, the bottom line was that they said that uh, Johnny, the playbook, beat Johnny Manziel. Johnny didn't know the playbook, man. And maybe – Hey, who knows? Maybe all that partying, uh, cross-country flights, celebrity status, got him into trouble as far as with the playbook. 
Um, he had a rough preseason opener. I mean, it's hey, that's to be expected. He's a rookie, so he's not going to start. Um, and then I guess against the uh, his last preseason games with the Redskins, last preseason game with, against the Redskins, the Redskins were giving it to him on the sideline. He uh, he gestures over there to their sideline, and uh, you know it's, it's, you you got to be a professional, Johnny. Everybody knows that, especially him. He's the face of the franchise now, whether he starts game one or not, because you know he's going to be the guy. Um, he's they're, they pay, they're paying the money, they're drafting him high, and everybody's got expectations that he's going to be uh, he's going to be the guy. It's going to be him, he and LeBron City, and maybe Kevin Love. But um, you know he's got his work cut out for him. Whoever Brian Hoyer, excuse me, Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel both have their work cut out for him because man, you know the Browns are not good, man. The Browns are not too good. The Redskins didn't look good either. They look kind of, they look worse, but whatever. Um, so hey, man, I don't even think that's big news for real. I mean, who cares? He's a rookie, and, and, and was he, I don't even know if they expected him to start. They they expect him to play probably going further into the season, but uh, I mean, the game one starter really doesn't have a whole lot of significance anyway. Nowadays, it's not like. I don't think this is like an opening day pitcher type of situation. That's a bigger deal in baseball because everybody wants to vie for that spot. It's a huge deal opening day. And, you know, it's an honor to be able to pitch opening day for your club. But the opening day quarterback, you know, you could be opening day quarterback and get and get hurt on the first play. Or you can be opening day quarterback and then, you know, not do anything and get taken out and then – the rest of the you play the rest of the games of the season, so it, it, I don't think Johnny's taking it too hard. He's got to get in that playbook, though, man. There's no question about that. You don't want to play. I mean, if somebody on the field beats you, cool. But if the playbook beats you, before the playbook won't even let you get on the field, Johnny, man, you, you got to study, man. You know, you, it's not you got to stick to the plays. You have to uh, you, you got to do your thing because everything's not going to be improvisation out there, man. Improvisation comes after you know the playbook. So, Johnny, get in the playbook, man. Come on, Johnny. Get in the playbook, baby. But anyway, sticking with the NFL does NFL. Do, does team. he do a Teddy Bridgewater download it on Madden? Is that what he did? That's what Teddy did. Well, he did that in Louisville. He downloaded the Louisville's playbook. He uh, whatever makes video you, game and played it. Whatever makes you learn, man. Everybody learns different. I don't, what's wrong with it? You, if you, you play, play Madden that much. You play Madden you know recently. It. You see how in-depth those things are? I mean, that's – that's like being a I'm virtual not a video playbook. game guy, man. Oh, I mean, I, know. I like real life, man. No, not me. I like fantasy. When you look like while me, Madden's you live in going fantasy. on, yeah. While Madden's going on, you know, the rest of the world's out there doing, doing stuff, man. You know, I mean, I, you know, when you play that video game, it gives you a good feeling. But after that, it's like, hey, I don't know. It's, it's not. It's not the Sega Genesis we grew. You, you and me both pretty much grew up with back Se- in the day. I didn't. I never it's, played with Sega Genesis, man. I played with uh, the Nintendo. I always had the. A bad Nintendo, sixteen bit, eight or sixteen 64. bit, regardless. Yeah, but still, it's yeah. The, the comparisons, not it's not, it's not the same thing. They like it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's real life almost. But uh, speaking of NF, keeping them with keeping them along the lines of the NFL theme, the numbers came out. If you care, the Forbes NFL team rankings, none other than the Cowboys, most valuable team. 
at $3.2 billion. I mean, hey, man, it's, it's, you know, everybody knows the NFL is a billion-dollar business. The second team uh, looks like the Patriots, valued at $2.6 billion. And um, who are the Red <laughs> and Mike Carey's Redskins are the third highest value team at $2.4 billion. So I can see why Daniel Schneider doesn't want to change the name. Two point four, but he's got a two point four billion product. Um, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So apparently, it's not people. Apparently, people the 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 mass majority of people really don't care because they're still buying those redskin jerseys. The top five is rounded out by the Giants at two point one billion. No surprise there. It's New York City, and the Texans. Kind of surprising, even though it's Texas, but still, I mean, the Texans one point eight five billion. Um, the Rams, the Ram, the least valuable teams, the Rams and the Bills, John Bon Jovi's Bills, nine hundred thirty billion, excuse me, million for the Rams, and nine hundred thirty-five million for the Buffalo Bills, which is still, you know, not uh, nothing to sneeze at. But the NF- these NFL teams, the the Dallas Cowboys, still are not the most highly valued team in the world of sports. The most highly valued team in the world of sports is Real Madrid over there in Spain. $3.4 billion. Man. Where, where did you say the Cowboys were on that list? We lost to some Spaniards. <laughs> Brandon, where did you say the Cowboys? Did you say the Cowboys are top five? Numero, numero uno. Okay, so that would, is without, I mean, judging it completely, but would that maybe put Texas, but when you, in fact you have two NFL teams in your top five most valued programs, or valued uh, franchises, would that maybe say Texas is the number one football state in America? I think I mean, you yeah. got to you got to say that. I mean, Ohio likes to put claim to it. They have a chance. They've got two teams. Ohio. They've got two teams in that state, whether it be the Browns and Bengals. Yeah, Pennsylvania tries to use the same claim. They at least have two opportunities with the Eagles and Steelers. Yeah, I mean New York. I don't. They never claimed it, but they have two teams. I mean, there's there's the, the big football areas have at least two chances to put out there. I was kind of really hoping when you got to five. I was really almost maybe, fingers crossed that we were thinking. Please say Eagles and for the top five be the NFC East. How awesome would that be? Yeah, let's see what the history they the Eagles, I would say probably down top ten, ten or eleven, maybe top ten. The Eagles are number seven. Okay, so yeah. not right outside the top five. So that would make Jets say are number six. The AFC, the NFC East then would be the best conference in terms of little fan support and by money that making. Yeah, yeah, you probably yeah you could say NFC East because they've Cause got, got four got teams Eagles, in the top seven. You got yeah, you got the Redskins. Well. Three of four, three of them in the top five. Yeah, Cowboys, Redskins, <laughs> Giants, exactly. Eagles number seven. Um, Bears, 49ers, Ravens eight, nine, ten. I've been to a couple of Rams games and seen their fans and other respected fans, and that's one hundred percent baseball all over the place. Oh I, yeah, baseball, I am hockey. Not baseball shocked hockey one time. bit they would be last. Not one bit that they would be last. Yeah. And uh, when Carlo gets there, make sure to tell him to use the like that he's not would be facing in front of maybe, but the one between. Next to it, when he uh, does get here, we'll have him get on that mic. Yeah, and talk. yeah, on, the one you just pointed at. Carla. He can get on. The, <laughs> he can get on the right mic. There he is. There you go. What's up, man? Yeah, track man. That track mic is, is tough out there, man. Hey, man, let's get these mayors together and get a bridge and get a not a bridge, but a well, yeah, a bridge, but a train on the bridge, man. What's up? 
Carla, I'm having a little issue. I said, yeah, let's, I let's take a break. I don't think we can hear you. Yeah, let's, get, let's go to get, take a break and get, I'll get this mic issue fixed. We'll be break. right back. Out of bounds. Sunshine, blue skies, please go away. A girl has found another and gone. And we're back, y'all. Man, with her, with my coming, man. I like it, man. I was stuck in the rain on the way here. He said, day after day, I stay locked up in my room. Man, David Ruffin ain't no joke, man. No joke. He's old. He was like Bobby Brown before Bobby Brown. You know the original Bobby Brown, original Bobby Brown, and whoever else was like the fool of the group, man. The the most talented one is that Bobby Brown in every group. Wouldn't they make Bobby Brown the ripoff of him, opposed to Bobby Brown before Bobby? If he came before Bobby Brown, what's happening? Yeah, Yeah. I said he was Bobby Brown before Bobby Brown. Yeah, so Bobby Brown would be a ripoff of him. Well, yeah, but I mean, I said Bobby Brown (laughs) because more people, you know, reference and recognize Bobby Brown. But yeah, David reference. He predated, yeah, David Ruff. <laughs> he predated uh, Bobby Brown, of course. But you know, man, you know, hey, it's raining outside. Nothing, man. I want to publicly congratulate Brandon Lawrence on a, a successful event last night, man. You yeah. did it, man. We talked a little bit about you. The newest man. party, you the newest party concert promoter <laughs> in the city, man. Yeah, yeah. But hey, man, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Everybody, man, everybody, you help, you, you did it. You put you, hooked me up with the right folks and all that stuff, man. It made it a good night, man. Now you gotta start bringing in rappers. A lot of ladies, rappers. Yeah, uh, you gotta stay with. Ju- uh, you gotta bring in the rappers now, man. Too much insurance. <laughs> you gotta stay with. Let's stay with the slow, slow jams out there, man. But check it. If you want to get a part of this conversation, call us on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line five zero two three eight four. 1450 that's 502 1450 let's stay with the um let's stay stay with the uh the football the football uh, theme but no you know what no 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 we got tonight we got to go little league world series we, we we'll come back to some football Shavlin ain't playing in it this year that's the only time I ever watched it <laughs> when they had Shavlin that's, they my, that's where I grew up Shavlin. did they win yeah they won they won the whole thing that was like Fifteen years ago, man. Ten yeah, I years thought, ago, I, I thought that was that was Shively. I thought that was yeah. like uh, something else. Well, Lake Dreamland, PIP, yeah, Valley Station, Valley, same thing, man. Valley, Valley, Valley Station was the little yeah, Lake, Valley man. Station. That's in Shively, though. Yeah, it's nah, the same. man, don't count, man. Any brothers on the team? No, I don't, it was one. He was actually pretty good. He was good. Yeah, Ooh, Coco Crisp. <laughs> I forgot the kid's name, but I, I don't remember any of the kids. I remember there was one brother. You had the big kid. Who they did a story on, I think, a couple years ago. Yeah, he went to U of L, right? I don't know. One he, of those kids yeah. went to U of L. Yeah, I think he ended up getting in trouble. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't want to say. Oh false yeah, information I that's online. right. I remember that story. Was that a thirty for thirty or something? <laughs> <laughs> One of those little league teams with thirty was a thirty for nah, thirty. No, that was a little thirty year old pitcher they had back in the day. Uh, Daddy the Almonte. Danny Almonte, yeah. <laughs> the twenty five year old pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, look, but let hey, tonight is the night, baby. Las Vegas and Philly go at it. The West in the Mid Atlantic. Monet Davis, the superstar sensation pitcher, uh, little girl, 
who's throwing what? What's she throwing about? Sixty-seven. Is this the girl, little girls World Series. Uh, nah, they got but, girls on the team now. Yeah, you, you get to educate, let's educate our listeners, Brandon. A play. lot of people are familiar with the Little League World Series. Kind of break well, it down for us. Little League World Series, of course, everybody knows. Every year, it's in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. League little league teams from around the nation and around the world come. And they've got the American, you know, the American teams play each other. Then you got the international teams. And then the American team plays the international team. Most of the time, the international team whoops the American team. But, I mean, you know, Americans Americans win sometimes, like PRP or Shabley or Dreamland or whatever you talk, whatever it's called. They want it. Valley Station. Yeah, they want it. So it's possible. It is possible. But the big story, man, is this, is this girl. She's like, you know, she's throwing heat. She uh she's won a game, um she's won a, she's pitched the game and won a game, and she's also won a game you know with her bat. She can hit. She can. And she's and when she's not pitching, she's playing first base. So she so she's pretty. She's tough, man. What's the age group of these kids? What's the age range? It's like what is it? Twelve, thirteen? I don't know. Twelve, eleven, twelve. So 11, at 12. what point? Maybe around when she's around fifteen or sixteen to where she's not able to compete with the boys anymore. Oh, it's probably going to come up. I mean, she's not the first. She's not the girl first to do it. Okay. Nah, it's like right. three or four more girls. But she and sounds pretty effective than the others. Though. She's a, well, nah. It's a couple of them that were pretty effective. I mean, you got to be good now. You got to be good. I mean, but I guess twelve or thirteen is like when, I guess you know, when girls are on the same athletic level as boys. Is what you're saying? They can be on that same athletic level and baseball, like <laughs> non-contact stuff. Probably, you know, they could probably kick, pass, and punt and throw. The same, you know, because then it's not a huge. Your muscles aren't really developed, I guess. But I mean, you know, she's she's good, man, and she's been going. She's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and you know, she's she's the darling of the Little League World Series. But they've got to win tonight. Uh, Pennsylvania's got to win tonight to stay in it, I believe. So because they did lose one, um, and uh, they're playing Vegas. Vegas is like. Vegas are the 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 run the ringers man. They beat they beat Chicago team the other day thirty two to two. Jackie Robinson they beat up Jackie. Can you believe that? And they beat the Jackie they beat Robinson Jackie team. Jackie Robinson man. Man, how can you beat Jackie Robinson? Didn't didn't Jackie Robinson didn't forty two come out last year? Yeah man, so you that's crazy go. man. And then they're from Chicago too. That's a good story. Chicago. Team. So I mean baseball. Oh yeah, and then we we be remiss without saying that the Jeffersonville team was one win away. That's good. Congratulations to them. Jackie Robinson beat them. Well, congratulations to them making it so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the Jeff team has made it to the Little League World Series before. But I think they're kind of like the Louisville Cardinals when they go to the College World Series. They get there. This was New Albany, Brandon, and then they lose two games. Jeff went New a couple Albany? years ago. New Albany yeah. lost to this year. That was too. Oh, so actually, Jeff's the, better the New Albany than, games. Jeff's better than New Albany. Jeff, Jeff went a couple years ago. Went. Yeah, and the New then Albany they games got were swept. broadcast right on this station. Yep, during yeah. this hour uh, about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some some big time sponsors. Yeah. We're, we're doing that. <laughs> but yeah, man. Hey, yeah. I mean, little little league is big. Is a huge deal, man. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, you've got kids. Are you gonna? Be carrying your kids around all summer. Look, man. Hotels. I'm glad motels, my kids ain't playing baseball. Holiday I hate it. in. 
I hate the. I mean, my son played baseball for a while and going to the games. He should play again. It's like four games in a day. I mean, that's too much, man. You got to travel these country towns all the time, man. It's. <laughs> I mean, you live in a country town. What difference yeah. does that make? I mean, it's different when I travel to, for the fights and stuff, man. But traveling for baseball, oh. it's so. So you would go bad. for something that you want to do. I mean, it's but not to fulfill your kids for a whole dreams. day for three games back to back. Oh man, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, I, it can get. I mean, I, I admire the parents that are able to withstand that. I really do. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. Like my parents, I was like, I, I guess you got to give it. I see why my parents didn't want to take me to games <laughs> and stuff because I always caught rides with. It's people. a whole weekend, <laughs> man. It's the whole weekend. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone, and it's boring. It's cold. Because you're not doing anything, you're just sitting there Man, watching. Unless you volunteer at the concession stand. And the only thing that could be worse is if your kid doesn't get in. Yeah, you're just really supporting the team. Yeah, that would that, that would yeah, be horrible. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I'm glad, like, my, I'm glad my kid likes skateboarding versus baseball. Yeah. So hopefully, if your kid's good, then you know, then that's cool. It still stinks, but it's decent. You know? Quick update, real quick, guys. When you're still in little league, uh, the two Valley Station kids you're referring to, one the big kid. Who was five seven, one hundred seventy five pounds? That was Aaron Alvey. Uh, he is whereabouts unknown at this moment. <laughs> that uh, sounds like a wrestler's interest uh, from parts <laughs> unknown. Now I knew there was one that was successful, and that was the son of the coach, who was the other really good player, Zach Osborne. I remember that name. Well, right? Yeah. He actually played. Well, he went about. to Tennessee, Tennessee, and he is currently right now playing in Asheville Single A Baseball, where he's been playing minor league baseball since two thousand twelve. Yeah, he's, okay. he's pursuing his dream still. Yeah, Build the dreams, yeah. man. They built it, and he came. And by he is twenty four. And here's the, by the way, Alvy while Little League World Series was five seven one hundred seventy five pounds. What is he now? Zach Osborne <laughs> currently at twenty four is five eight one seventy five. He's, still, he's, still he's the exact same size Alvy was <laughs> as a twelve wow. year old. Hilarious. <laughs> and he's in. He's, and he's in the twenty four year old. And he's twenty four now wow. playing shortstop five, for my league. Yeah, that's why he's playing single A. Lurries. Well, I'm sorry, shortstop, too. You so, be, hey, you know, I'm going to find this big, kid that's though. missing, man. We're going to find him. I'm going to find well, him. There's a couple be, articles yeah, posted, but show. I haven't had a chance to really read them yet. I just I was looking for if they were playing still professionally, and he's clearly not. Maybe he's on, like, is he on the I, I want to say he, had, he, got, he had gotten some trouble, but I can't. I don't want to say, you know, anything. I got to look it up first before I say it. I don't know. Yeah, man, you could get, you could get uh, I, It's probably, it's probably Carolina that. Steve calling in. I guarantee you he knows. You could get sued for that, man. You're like Dion Warwick, ain't you, Carlo? <laughs> is it really? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> we got Carolina on the line. What's up, Carolina? Okay, I got a question for y'all. This concerns Valley when they won the Little League World Series championship. The second baseman from North Carolina is now a NASCAR driver. Wow. And a very good one. Who was it? Hey, I don't know Carolina, but I really admire it's your knowledge, Adam man. something. It's uh, against with an A, doesn't it? Aaron something. Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> He's locked up. Let's put it like this: He's driving a very famous number now. Number three. Number three, the driver of the number three car, Austin oh. Miller. Austin Miller. Okay. So he's so he must be a good driver. He is. He's uh, he won the championship in the trucks and in the nationwide. 2011 uh, Camping World Cup Series winner and 2013 NASCAR Nationwide Series. I got the A part right. Give me credit on that one, people. It's gonna be uh, good. I'm uh, when I get off work, I'm getting ready to go home and sit down and watch uh, one of my favorite racetracks tonight, Bristol. They're gonna run the trucks there tonight. And by the way. 
Louisville is well represented tonight by a young man named Ben Rhodes, who is, uh, was the hottest driver in NASCAR. He leads the K&N East Series. He won four races in a row. And you'll see him running full-time probably next year in the trucks. The only reason he can't run full-time now, he's only 17 years old. He's got to be 18 to run certain tracks, and he can't run all the tracks. Wow. He's a senior at Holy Cross High School also. Oh, okay. There so you have it. He's a busy dude, man. 4.0 student. Hey, academics always so matter. Right yep. Good to hear you find y'all back on there. Uh, the thing you were talking about, where do my Carolina Panthers come in on the football? That's all <laughs> I hey, I've got the Carolina, Carolina Panthers going to the NFC Championship this year, Carolina. I think they're going to do some damage. I want Unfortunately, to they got, they're going to run into a, a, a big I'll, team called the Giants that's going to stop them from going. Who are they going to throw the ball to? Man, Vince, Vince Cruz is going to be – no, I'm, on, talking about, not, I'm talking about Carolina. Ah, well, somebody have to step they up, got that man. kid, LaFleur. Yeah. La, what's his name? LaFleur? Somebody step up. I, I got to look at the roster. Oh, Carolina. The Panthers come in at number 17 on the money list. I wouldn't go by that. That's not bad. We've just been in existence for 20 years. <laughs> it's not and bad. So, uh, yeah. y'all have a good one. I've, uh, I'll talk to y'all next week. Goodbye. All right. All right. Take care. Hey, man, Carolina Steve's my dude, man. He always brings He it, always man. brings something. That, he always brings that knowledge that you went. Like the guy that was on the Valley team is a NASCAR driver. I didn't know that. Would never know. Yeah, I would never know. But I'm going to look that up, and I'll uh, look that up later in the night and check it out. And he's got he's actually got news you can use, you know. Some people are like, hey, man, do you know that the the bat, the batter that always – uh, you know, had an ant yeah. on his foot or something. You know, some. I'm gonna have a conversation stuff. with somebody. He's got some good, good points. Some I'm good ha- facts. I'm gonna have a conversation with somebody. I'm like, yeah, you know, a kid from Valley Station. He's a NASCAR driver, and they ain't gonna know. And I'm gonna be the one to know. So yeah. I, I learned it from Carolina. But you got to give credit though. <laughs> are you going? Are you going to? Uh, what is that thing? What is that table of contents or bibliography? Or nah, it's called man. I ain't wrote a paper in like ten years. Nah, it was bibliography. It was I call it Wikipedia. Else. That's what I used Wikipedia. to find it out. Uh, when you had to quote your sources back in college. Yeah. It, 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 bibliography was one, but it was also another term. It's a, oh, I know. It's something else. But oh, man. It's been a long we'll time. Think, we'll think I've been out of college it. for 14 years. I know, man. It's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> it's an everyday struggle. Class but, 2000, uh, WKU. WKU. But, I mean, you know, but I don't, I think this, getting back to this Monet Davis thing, here's the, <laughs> the funny thing about it is, and, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, start anything, but. Yeah, she never takes her hat off, man. Do you notice that? Every, every interview, she never takes her hat off. She, you she's say, always in a uniform. You trying to say she's a tomboy? Well, it might be a, Dan- a horn or it something. Might be, I mean- it might be a Danny Almonte thing. Man. Danny Almonte? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, what, Joanna Man? What you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What was the soccer movie with the little boy <laughs> dressed up as a girl for the soccer team? That was Ladybugs with Lady Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. What are you trying to say, man? I don't know, man. I'm just, you know, I don't. That's just weird to me. Never takes a hat off. She but none of those kids off. do, though. I, I watched a lot of league, so they all wear. They all keep their hats yeah. on. I think as much to show the their home home uh, hometown pride on the on the television. Okay. Keep their hats on. But back to the the girl point, though, and this is a different level. I've worked in little league for a long time, and we had a, in St. Matthew's little league basketball one year. We had an 11 year old. She was probably our best player on our all star team, and she was a girl. And we went to all. Yeah. She was dominant out there against eleven-year-old boys and all-stars. 
Now, she ended up going to play basketball at University of Kansas, so that tells oh. you something. But, I mean, yeah. nonetheless, she was – prepubescent at that age, you, you can – it's not out of, out of the question, I don't think. Prepubescent. Not, yeah. It's not I hadn't heard that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> prepubescent. It's the truth. Unless you're Aaron Alvey and you, you're bigger than Zach, 24-year-old Zach Osborne. Yeah, I, feel, <laughs> I, feel bad, I feel bad for those kids who, like, peak at 13. As far as, you know, body and stuff like that. Alvy's men, the only place I can find his name in anything in the last 10 years is referencing the fact that him, he's among other great Little League players that were also really big that young but faded out and were dominant because they grew, you know, earlier than most normal kids do. One of the, one of the great examples is Lloyd McClendon, 1972, hit five home runs in two games hmm. and was in, in leading a dominant uh, American team. He was 5'8", uh, 160 pounds. Crazy, man. I mean, I know I know the uh, the guys going deep's coming on at 7.30. They'll be talking about all college football and more. But dropping that science. Dropping that the sweet science. But, man, I mean, how much does uh, Braxton Miller's injury? Wow. That Ohio changes State the whole game. Changes the, I bet, the dynamic. I- I'm interested to hear how that's going to change the whole spread for the rest of the season for Ohio State. Yeah. But you know what? It's Urban Meyer. I'm sure he he always was doing. He always does a good job of reloading. They're going to start. He never have to he, start a freshman. He never right? rebuild. He never rebuild when he's at Florida or Utah. He just reloaded. Yeah, but it's a, it seems like it's been a little bit different in Ohio State. He, he, he really, went undefeated his first year. Only lost one game last year. Yeah, but. Oh, did they lose? They lost two games last year. Then they lost. They lost the, to Clemson yeah, in the bowl yeah. in the Orange Bowl. One man. regular season game in the Orange Bowl, but I. Yeah. It hurts. I mean, they were considered a championship hurt. team. He's it, like it hurts big time. two-time player of the year, and he's he's a true leader, man. They're going to. Well, I guess him. would he be redshirted this year and come back and play another year, or would he just forego that and go to the NFL? I think he probably probably will, and just go to. He's his plan is to go to grad school, so he'll probably go to the Ohio State University. So you don't think pros is it? He does have the aspiration of being an NFL player. Is what you're saying? That's not what he's, you know. That's, he didn't indicate that. Oh, Maybe wow. I'm sure if the opportunity presented him, presented itself. But I mean, if you get a bum shoulder, he's injury though. prone. Yeah, yeah he's injury yeah. prone, and he's. But he not. missed what four games last year. He missed some games last year. He had surgery like in March of this year, I believe. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. And he's still not. He's still not back right, man. Can't get right. You know, but hey, it's, it's, that's how it goes, man. That's how it goes. So will will Ohio State still be a top fifteen team this year, or even top twenty five team with this nah, injury? It's gonna be tough because he's like you don't think they can feel like they still go. got Carlos Hyde, or do he go to the NFL? Now Hyde's still there. Yeah, but I mean, Braxton. Carlos Hyde's in San Francisco now. Braxton, no, he's a, yeah, he's in, he's a nano. Braxton's the guy, man. He's the guy. But um, you know, and then what? What's up with this Notre Dame? There's no. I mean, come on. Why don't they just say that Notre Dame cheats? Period. Because. Okay, so they're going to call out Notre Dame, but then they did that story on uh, Real Sports about, who was it, North Carolina? Carolina? And they're not going to do anything about that. At Florida State, the kid that couldn't read, he was reading Dr. Seuss books at 28. Well, the difference is, I guess, with Florida State, you expect the guys not to be able to read. (laughs) I think Notre Dame, you know. They held to a higher standard of reading? Well, you know how it is. You know, everybody, you know, I don't know. Rudy went to class, didn't he? So, you know, I mean. (laughs) But I guess he had to. He By the way, North Carolina's football team actually did get hit with sanctions, Carlo. The basketball team is yet to be hit with what. And they will not be. But hit. the football no, team probably. got probation. 
What about Florida State? They didn't. They yeah, they did. Part of the Free Shoes University stuff back in the nineties. No, I'm talking about the last when Real Sports did that story on them about a year ago. Oh, I mean, they probably just like uh, no. They, yeah, they had they had of. several professors come there and say that they was changing grades. And Florida State. Forced, yeah, it was on oh, Real Sports with Brian Gumble. I don't doubt that. Yeah. They had the kid on there. He's about 25, 26. He was reading uh, Dr. Seuss books with his little girl. And that's how he, that's how he was learning how to read. No, we, know, Dr. Seuss. we don't know how that's the extent way to learn how to read, man. <laughs> he learned talking rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he goes and reads like a real book. He's like, hold up, man. Um, Huckleberry Finn, that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> Just read it, son. You got to read, man. But we know about Notre Dame is it's, uh, honor yeah. code, which, which means it's education in some way. Which you know, Honor code. Yeah, that's all. It, you don't know if they can't read and write. They could just not be showing up to class. They might be having uh, Manti Teo's girlfriend sign in for their class. Reading yeah, is I fundamental. Think, I think they're having people take tests. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. Usually an honor code is usually that. Because Goldston, Goldston got uh, yep. put he Notre Dame, but he's back, though. Yeah, he's back. So he, you know, I maybe guess that's one of the reasons why they came out of the investigation. I don't know because I did listen to the interview. They said that it was it was students who weren't affiliated with the sports program that were helping these guys get through their classes or helping them with tests. Like they, they thought they were trying to assume oh. it, was, like, it wasn't the tutors because they're all signing tutors. The tutors weren't right. doing it. It was just other like, students, just regular students. People don't want to be yeah, down. like me. I used to proofread papers in college, like the movie The Program <laughs> or the, the backup yeah, quarterback. So be, yeah, it was just another student going there and take the test. Or, or, football team for Willie Taggart. He <laughs> actually, Willie Taggart was pretty smart, man. He was. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty smart guy. He, he, uh, I mean, he did what he had to do. He's there for four years. That's why he's in the position he is. He's in now. It's not yeah. an accident. He's he, he he calculated every move he's made to get to where he is today. Yeah, it was pre pre planned. He knew what he was going to do. You got to be calculating. Well, hey, look, man, we're going to take this break once we once we uh contemplate Willie Taggart calculating <laughs> <laughs> more out of bounds on the other side. Perfect day. It's a perfect day for out of bounds. Was anybody out of bounds this week, Carlo? Uh, the referee who's not gonna referee the Redskins game <laughs> is out, out of bounds. You better, do your, bounds? you better do your job, get well, He's retired. He retired. Uh, he retired. Yeah, he retired. Uh, uh, maybe I just read the headline. I didn't read the whole story. He retired, but he he refused to referee any uh, Redskins games yeah, for like did. seven years. Oh, he oh, so it was something he didn't do for seven years. Yeah, he just, oh. he just told him. He said, "I don't want to be on that schedule." Okay, all right. 
Yeah, so, you know what? Johnny Manziel wasn't out of bounds for giving the finger. To you know what? He's nah. yeah, you know what? He's got to be. He's already got a ton of heat. Johnny Manziel. That's probably the reason why he's not starting. I think he's actually better. He's a bit more of a playmaker than Hoyer. Well, everybody says he is. It's he only a matter of time before he starts. He don't know the playbook. Yeah, though, I believe it either. But flicking off the bench at Carlo, wouldn't you call that kind of a cheap heat? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was that was out of line. It was immature. First of all, if you somebody who's under the microscope like that, why give the media ammunition? You know, they're going to continue to say he's immature, he's not ready for the spotlight, and he just proved it by doing something stupid like that. Yeah, you can't. I mean, yeah, you got it. You, don't you, see, you it. didn't see Russell Wilson doing that. You didn't see RG3 doing that. Because in, in the regular season, that car, that's 15 yards. Yeah, and if, if I was the team, I would have fined him for it. I, mean, I don't know if they have or have not, but I gave him a little, little fine. They might. A little penalty. They Maybe might. starting is his penalty. I don't know. Not starting. <laughs> yeah. But you know a, what? If I was him, Brown's penalty. I wouldn't want to start right away anyway. Come in, let Horia struggle. They don't have that number one receiver. Come in as week in week four, week five, like Tim Tebow did in Denver, and be the savior. Well, yeah, I mean that's what I was saying earlier. I don't. It's not. I don't think it's a huge significance to start the first NFL game. I don't think it's like. I think it's different than the opening day baseball season. Oh, yeah, totally different. You know, because they I mean, they were in the minor leagues before they come up. You talking about rookies in general? What? Oh, oh, you talking, you talking about baseball? Yeah. Oh, I thought you was referencing baseball, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's man. what I'm saying. I'm talking about a pitcher on opening day is 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 a little bit is a is a lot more significant than the who starts the first game of the season as a quarterback for your for your team. True. Yeah. But, you know, he's got to make better decisions on and off the field, man. So, you know, he's he's got to be he's got to be a better yeah, it's got to be a got to be more cautious of what you're doing now. You're in the big leagues, man. This isn't college. He's in he's in the big boy league. He's Anything you boy. do is gonna be scrutinized. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You know, nobody's gonna say nobody's gonna take it easy on you because you because you're Johnny Manziel. If anything, they're gonna go after you harder, and you're gonna have to deal with it. So, just like at Texas Tech when he did the little money thing, at the yeah. <laughs> he just hey, he, I don't know. He'll learn. Did he uh, sink or swim? Did he did he uh trademark that? Little money sent, did he? Yeah, he might have. <laughs> Ain't no telling, man. Any way to make a buck. Should, I, he should have had some t shirts made doing that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, but didn't Dion Dion did that back in the day with the money? But he was yeah. he was in the NFL. Listen, Dion could do that. Dion was yeah. he was prime time. He was money, and he I think he may have had a couple had a Super Bowl in his belt already by then. Oh, uh, no, nah, he was with the Falcons. Oh, that's when he was with the Falcons. Yeah, he, he was the he was man. Still he was still the man. Yeah. He was still cold. He, was still, he had already proven himself. Manziel's got a ways to go to uh, a person to that get on that level. Nobody's talking about is Blake Bortles, the person I said that's going to be the standout player of the NFL this year. For uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. For Jacksonville. He's going to be the best quarterback. Is he a sleeper or is yeah, he I legit? I think he's a sleeper. I think he's legit. Okay. He has the size for like for long. Is he having? Does he have longevity? Yeah, I think he'll be. In, I think he's the perfect NFL quarterback. Okay, he has the height, the size, the arm strength, the intelligence to play the game. I think he he and Teddy Bridgewater will be the two guys that's going to stand out in this class in, in the years to come. When they look back on it, they do a thirty for thirty. <laughs> they're going to talk about all the quarterbacks drafted. It's going to be Teddy. It and Blake, be. who are going to be the only one still around. You know, you're talking about Mansell, but you brought up Dion. You might not, I don't know how well you remember this. Do you remember when Dion showed up for his combine back in 88? Yeah. He, he got out of like the Corvette like he was Willie Mays Hayes from Major League Two. <laughs> yeah. 
and he had he, the guy in a in a jumpsuit like the only Run DMC would have worshipped worthy, and wearing gold chains like Mr. T, and he still runs like a forty and four three or something like wearing gold gold chains flopping everywhere like Andre Andre uh, Smith's uh, breast wear when he did his for the Bengals, <laughs> and the, the nowadays could you imagine somebody doing that? I mean Manziel's getting the crap he gets for flicking off the bench or just taking a picture with a stack of money next to his head like a phone, but yet. That's why earlier in my show today I compared. I said, you know, the difference between guys like Babe Ruth and Deion Sanders even or, you know, Johnny Manziel is social media. I mean, guys go out and and the other thing is he also, he allows it to happen. People, athletes galore, high percentage do the same things Manziel does. They just don't let their entourage take pictures of it and put it up on Facebook and Twitter. Rolling 20s. Yeah, and Instagram. I I think Johnny Manziel is like a created entity. I I don't think he's got the personality. The Dion, the Dion has. I don't think you can put him in the same conversation. Yeah, you can I mean, he got, you know, Prime like made his Prime made himself into prime prime time. He did this stuff on the field. He was doing it while he was playing. He's you know he's high stepping after interception. Manzel, he he did his thing. He, he's 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 legit. I mean, I wouldn't but, even put Manzel in Brian Bosworth's category. Even <laughs> Bosworth was, I mean, hey, talk about it. ahead of his time and taking advantage of stuff and being wrestler in yeah. real life. Yeah, Speaking of Bosworth, you see the new commercial he's in? That is a, that's a good one. Yeah, he looks exactly the same, man. That's a good one. <laughs> it's, 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 who is it's him and uh? Usually, when you stop doing steroids, you start drooping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He looks almost exactly the same, man. He probably didn't Without do it that long. I think he stopped right before that. Bo Before Jackson Bo Jackson ran him over. Brian Bosworth, I, I actually <laughs> feel bad for him because if you look at his career, it wasn't awful. He wasn't an awful linebacker. He played for like he six or seven. Seattle. Yeah. But everyone he had a lot of hype. He had a lot of hype. The hype mixed there. with getting run yeah. over in well, one could, play by Bo Jackson on Monday Night Football. And he kept going. He will he also he, be remembered for Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma. He was yeah. cold to Oklahoma. They were national champs. He was cold there, man. But the great 30-on-30 you know, 30 where Oklahoma was going to play Miami and uh, Jerome, the late Jerome Brown and – and Michael Irvin and company called him up yeah. at like four in the morning and did the uh, war- Bosworth come out and play. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, good stuff. He, uh, you know, he, yeah, he had too much hype surrounding him. I think he was even, he was even more hyped up than what's his name, Manti Teo, and he's like people are letting him play. So, but it's all in, it's all in. Manti Teo is no Junior Seau. That's who they wanted him to be. <laughs> Manti Teo is no Junior Seau. <laughs> hey, we're taking a break, man. We're going to check out, you know, like Ricky Tiki Tavi and all that other stuff. Out of bounds. We'll be right back. Shout out to Michael Sams. <laughs> the Collins kid from New Jersey. Jason uh, Collins. The Weather Girls, man. Martha Walsh. 
She was in Dream Girls. What about the Hispanic girl on Channel uh, 271 on Tell Insight? I don't know her name. I don't. Understand. I can't. I just watch it sometimes. You guys just get the song. I'm oh, getting the video, the oh, 80s you know, style video know, with man. it over here. Uh, oh yeah, it's like, the great 80s video with the special effects and disco. Yeah, That's, we should play some Sylvester. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel. Hey, we got the inside man on. We're back out of bounds. Carlo Kellen, Brandon Lawrence. We got our man, the inside man, Keith Fraser. What's up, Keith? What's going on, guys? What y'all up to today, man? <clears throat> Nothing, man. It's just rain, a little bit wet down here. What's up, frat? Nothing, man. Just hold it down. You know how we do it here in man, Louisville, I'm Kentucky. Sitting out here, I'm sitting out here by the pool, man. Yeah, sitting out here by the pool, talking on the Out of Bounds show. Can't y'all talk about Johnny Maxwell. Yeah. So what you think about Johnny and his and his uh, his uh, sign language gesture? You know me, man. I'm kind of different. I like it. <laughs> you know, I I just think I, I don't I don't like what he did. As far as you know, kids watching, ain't nobody really see it. I didn't even see it when it happened. A lot of people didn't see it. I think the cameras picked up on it. But Cleveland needs something like that, man. Cleveland needs some kind of. They need something to give them some kind of. Mm. But I don't. I think the timing of it was wrong for him to do something like that. But to me, you know, hey, a lot of a lot of things go on the field, and gestures happen. It's just gonna be caught. Just gonna be caught, but Johnny Manziel, he has to realize the cameras are watching you know, all the time. But as far as him, you know, sort of little, you know, hey, I don't have a problem with this it. football. A lot of things go on, you know. Uh, hey, yes, I mean, who are you most impressed with thus far in the NFL preseason? I know it's just the preseason, but who is the most impressive rookie right now that you've seen? I got to say Blake Borders, man. I said the same you know, thing. I think, I think, I think Blake Borders, and you know. And B Law can tell you this here. When I when I first saw this kid in his pro day, I was I was like, man, this kid is good. You know, a lot of people didn't really get a chance to see him play mm-hmm. because he was at UCF. He don't like when you say Central Florida. They're hey, let me tell you this. Louisville knows UCF who he is. Was, <laughs> Louisville knows. That's right. Him. I know they do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he was at when he was at UCF, you know, man, when he came out of the pro day, he wild. But you know, he came out to Jacksonville, and I think I think Jacksonville is going to be a team that's probably going to shock a few people this year, man. They have a they got some good veterans in here. They got um, one of the guys, defensive linemen from the Steelers. They got one from Seattle. Man, they hey, coach. They hit the players. The players want to come play for the coach. Coach ain't like a real fire type guy. But man, I think Blake Borders has really, really done well. I just don't know if Jacksonville's gonna give him the chance to start. Me personally, why grab him with the number three pick and let him sit? You know what I'm saying? What do you? It's not like you're gonna make the. You're not. You're not expected to make the playoffs anyway. Start him out and let the kid get his feet wet. And Johnny Manziel's case, I can understand them going with, with, with Hoyer, you know, because this kid's starting out mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Baltimore. You don't want to set him up a failure like that. Exactly. They 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 gonna let Hoyer start, and Hoyer may go one and four, or one and five, or one and four, or two and five in his first six or seven games, five or six games or something. But you know what, man? Then the crowd will be yelling, "What Johnny? Johnny football." They they know what they're doing, man, because they couldn't set this kid up and start out go zero and three. But Blake Borders, for me, Carlo, I think Blake Borders has been the best rookie so far. You know. What about what do you, what do you think about Teddy uh, Bridgewater's game winning touchdown throw over the weekend? You see that? I mean, I like I like. I mean, Teddy, it's I like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the best position out of all of them because Teddy Bridgewater right now really. Don't have to come in and play. 
But if he did play, he got the best running back in the league. They can mm-hmm. take a lot of pressure off of him. They're not going to expect for him to do but so much. What, what they want him to do is don't lose the game for him. Manage the game. Don't turn the ball over. Let AP, because it's still AP's team. You know? Yeah. You know, Matt Castle so far, him and Teddy Bridgewater has been kind of 50-50. You know, Matt Castle might have a little edge, but that, that game when the touchdown throw from Teddy Bridgewater showed a lot of pause. But you got to realize that was also against a bunch of people that's probably not going to make the team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you, so, you hear about them extending the practice squad to 10 players now? I don't know if it means nah, anything. I didn't hear that, but, but that'd yeah, be, yeah, they're, they're that extending good. it. I know it's usually eight. It is? Cool. I know it's usually eight players they keep, but... I know some of the players will be happy, you know. But um, I tell you what, man, I, I've also been kind of impressed with Jadavion. Jadavion, you know, he he made he made some plays from the time he's been in that clown, and he's he's done well. He's a hometown boy from down here in the Carolinas. You know, a lot of people expecting big things out of him. He, you know, I don't know if y'all saw today, he got hurt today, had to be mm-hmm. carried off the field, a little neck injury. But um, I think he's done well. Um, uh, Blake Borders. Even Michael Sam has done okay from, you know, from a little bit of time he's been. I think he even got a sack the other day. So, you know, hey. What about you? Who y'all think is missing something to get rid of? I mean, I, I talked about it earlier, man. I, I'm I'm really impressed with Blake Broyles. He was my pick in, before the draft. I said he I said he's going to be the first quarterback taken. He's going to probably be the most successful yeah. quarterback at this draft in years to come. But he's the guy that everybody yeah. needs to keep an eye on. I've been watching him since he was at UCF, man. When he came down here and beat Louisville, I was at that game. Uh, I think he's oh, gonna, wow. he's, he's going to be he's going to be one of the future quarterbacks in this league. And you heard it here first That's on Alabama. I'll tell you another name to throw out there. Tell another name to throw out of there. Um, guy, Bishop Shanky. I think he's running back down to Tennessee. They say he's having a pretty good, pretty good um, preseason. So you know, with them losing Chris Johnson, you know, they're gonna have to mm-hmm. have somebody to step in and do something. But um, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about football. I think um, sixteen I think days. Philadelphia Eagles fan. Any Eagles fan? Nah, that is right. correct, and proudly. I'm a Jazz. Know, I'm a Jazz. Know, that's, 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 fun. that's funny, man. We're all in the same conference, but we both we all support different teams. But I'm the only cool <laughs> one. Yeah, I know. I was I was thinking of Trevor. You know, the battle of PA tomorrow. You know, preseason, <laughs> third preseason game. You got Steelers and the Eagles. That's going to be close close to the regular season as possible. The starters probably going to play a half or a little more. So you know, we got to go down to um. What's the name y'all saying down there in Philadelphia? Talking about the link, Lincoln Financial. Okay, yeah, there you go. We're coming. It's not veterans Phillip's anymore. Coming into town, so okay. <laughs> Phillips coming into town, so that should be a pretty good matchup tomorrow night. Benching game, especially with the Eagles being zero and two so far, and Chip Kelly being very unhappy with the uh, not only just the record but the performance of the first string, and I don't blame him really. Yeah, Chip Kelly. I, I really like Chip Kelly. You know, a lot of people give him a lot of respect for the amount of time that he's been in there. He's only been in there like a year, but a lot of people, you know, give him a lot of respect. I was reading something on uh, Pro Football Weekly where one of the um, one of the analysts was talking about the most influential coaches in the league, and I was kind of shocked that he had Chip Kelly in there, you know, with him just being, you know, just one year into the league. But I think what he – his mastermind of offense and what he can do is probably something that's going to probably make a lot of teams start going to that. You know, fast-paced offense in the NFL. So I'm looking at a pretty good year in y'all conference, man. It's tight conference over in the NFC East. We've been thinking about the new nickname for Tony Romo, Romo Cop. You heard about that? Yeah. I, I, heard, I, never, I heard they had Romo Cop. They got Romo Cop billboards all up in Dallas now. 
for Tony Romo. That's his that's his new uh his new nickname. Yeah, wow. The wow. Dallas the, okay, what, the eight and eight. Who are you talking? Tony Romo, the quarterback for the eight and eight Cowboys. Yeah, Romo Romo cop, man. But you know what, man? Yeah, the Cowboys, you know, Cowboys in that division, it's just gonna be tough. I don't know. It ain't no telling who can win. Any any team can win in that division. You never know. It's going to be very interesting. I think we're, what, 15 days away from uh, kickoff, Trevor? Uh, I believe yeah. so, yeah. It's two more weeks of preseason, yeah. It's about three weeks away. Or about, yeah, two and a half weeks away from the season starting. Yeah. I can't, I can't what, wait. September 4th, is the thir- September 4th is the first game. Yep, Thursday game, night. Yeah. yeah, Thursday night game. So that's going to be I – mean, I'm excited about it, man. What about college football? Any, any big-time teams coming to Louisville to play? Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, we got Miami first game on the 20, uh, what's Miami on September 1st. September 1st, and we got Florida. I mean, this is going to be a great year for Louisville football. I mean, I can't deny that. It's going to be a, a, the, the, the biggest year they have ever had for college football. I mean, we've they're, they're playing they're, they're, they're playing all the top Anybody schools. Replace Bridgewater? Well, you know, oh, I heard something, uh, Trevor, uh, and I verified this through several sources. What's the guy's name, the new quarterback, Gartner? Well, Gardner's the he, he, uh, the sophomore that it he, will likely be starting. He yes. runs a four four. What you know going? That? What downhill? No, he runs a four four down, downhill on a sled like uh, cousin no, Eddie. And uh, look it up, man. I I, I didn't believe it. If, <laughs> I didn't believe it at first either, man. I looked it up. and I verified it like four times today. He runs a four four. You sure it said Will Gardner? Yes. You sure it said like Sam I said, Gardner. I said or, the same thing. Or Will Smith maybe or four four man. I'm telling you, look it up. I, I that that would surprise me. He's, he's, I, got, he's got a big frame. He's six four, six five. He's he's a, he's he's a big prototypical quarterback. He looks like Neil O'Donnell, and I kind of thought of him moving that way too. And I can't imagine O'Donnell running a four four. Four four, man. Look it up. You, I mean, you got you you got the power of Google in, in your fingertips. Did right you now. see that that decimal in there? Sure, wasn't say forty four. <laughs> sure, there, there was a decimal there, correct? <laughs> I'm positive. Okay, I, I had called a couple. I called Rashawn Myers, man, and a few other guys. But man, is this true? Does he well, don't call Rashawn. Rashawn. Rashawn can't say a bad word about him. <laughs> it's true. Rashawn might pick Louisville over his kids on occasion. You know that what? Surprise me I one bit. Right. <laughs> if he had the chance to go to the national championship, I choose. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he would probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I, I I verified with several sources, man. I I couldn't believe it myself. I'd be surprised now, and then of course the, the big news for Louisville's quarterback is the, is the uh, upraising of uh, Reggie Bonifon, the freshman out of Trinity, who's looked really mm-hmm. good in camp and is now looking to be a second string team guy. What about the kid on from Juco? Team. I don't. Um, Juco Brett Nelson. Yeah, that's horrible. That, that was that was between those guys. No, yeah, he's he that, no Nelson was brought in just because they didn't need a third string guy and he was available. They oh, were like, right. okay, come on in. They were like, he's like the Scott Bakula of of college football without the talent, not necessarily roughness style. So no, it was uh, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how much Pacino loves Bonifon, but and how much interesting how many snaps he may get intertwined with first string during the season. But this is Will Gardner's team, and this will be his job to lose, much like Patrick Tolles now has the official go ahead in Kentucky. Wow! And to watch the Louisville Cardinals certainly come down to Death Valley this year, that should be a pretty pretty good game. We'll try to catch a few Clemson Tiger games. Maybe we can get some of the players or somebody to. I'm going to talk about it afterwards if they're allowed to do it, but um, that should be a pretty good game. As you know, it's going to be hard to bounce back. I think a little bit of losing Teddy Bridgewater and most notably they lost they lost their coach too, Charlie Strong. Right? He went to Texas, right? Yeah, he's at Texas now. It's something that we have. That's something we haven't talked about, man. It's kind of. Well, I know they're probably talking about a lot in Texas. I'm sure, but. Will Charlie Strong be successful this season? It, it, I guess the guys will go in deep. We'll probably touch on that a little bit more here in a few minutes, but. 
what's Charlie Strong gonna do this season? Is he? Is he? I mean, he has to be like twelve and and one, eleven and one this year at least. No, nah, I, well, I wouldn't can't go lose as far as two that. Games. He's, he's already, I think, picked up some base. In the, he's already picked up the fan base a little bit. They've gotten past. Uh, there's going to be a few still lingering on the racial tension of it being in Texas and everything like that. There's still going to be, but those people aren't going to change their mind if he goes thirteen and 0, 14 straight years. If you're, you're just, they're just lost in their own ways and, and never getting out of nineteen thirty anyway. Uh-huh. So that for that fact, I think he's other exactly. than that, he's won over the majority of your fan base and even with the stepping out of showing that he's not going to be the the kind of floating through the motion of things like Mac Brown was by starting off by kicking off players off the team saying listen I'm not going to play those games this mm-hmm. is this is my team if you're not I don't care if you can impact this team or not if you're going to you know break the rules in any way and, and of course that was involved in domestic result domestic yeah. violencing that resulted in them being in trouble off the field you're off this team. You're you're done. I'm not. We're not going to play. This is Texas. This isn't. And he, of course, he did the old school taking the logo off the helmet, which is a very popular, kind of trendily popular now thing to do over the last ten years. Yeah, to, yeah. to Teams. I remember uh, one of the first people doing that was the guy out of Colorado taking the Buffaloes off. Uh, uh, Haskins, the former well, Boise what's the State point coach. Though? Why not? To show that you earned it. I mean, and they, they, oh. they did that, and then now and I don't know if they've earned it back on or not. Okay. But okay. I would follow Texas as, as much as I have Louisville, Kentucky. I've but, got a useless fact I learned today. But he could. He needs to win at least more than seven or eight games. Yeah, you need to have to go to a bowl and probably get seven or eight wins to. to keep any kind of heat. Anything. I mean, he doesn't have to go undefeated or twelve wins. No, no. Not to. I've learned a useless fact that I'm gonna share. Yeah, with you I, I agree. I think. I think if he can get seven, at least seven wins, he'll be fine. There shouldn't be a problem getting seven wins. You know, Texas. Texas is one of those programs that you know when we was coming up. Texas was, you know, it was always everybody. It was a top notch program. This mm-hmm. is, to see them fall off the face of earth the way they have in the last few years is amazing. But I kind of treat, I, I agree with Trevor, you know, you, when, when Charlie first came there, there was some issues with people that didn't like him, you know, whether it was racial issues or whatever, but I agree that, you know, a lot of people get stuck in their ways. When you have somebody that's been around as long as Coach Mac Brown was, you know, a lot of people don't like change. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that before the show where, you know, when change come up, you know, people going to voice their opinions, but I do think that some of the community, is going to get behind him. But you know what solved that, right? Winning solved all that. You know that, though. Yeah. Uh, winning cures, winning cures everything. But you let me win. But for, even, even right. before Mac Brown got back. there, Texas was kind of a doormat for most of the 80s and early 90s. I mean, they were they were kind of lost in the, the fold and had trouble. They were overpassed by, you know, Kansas State was starting to make runs with them with Bill Snyder. Obviously, Nebraska was had passed them by. Then they got Major Applewhite. You saw Texas they around and made a big push over them with R.C. Slocum back in the 80s and early 90s. And, and the whole the whole Big Twelve, yeah. big you yeah. know Southwest Conference yeah. garbage that was going on was always an issue as well. And then Phil Simms' kids turned his kid turned the whole program around. Well, Mac Brown <laughs> in general, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't put it all in Chris. Sims, New York Giants. But, yeah. but, but hey, I learned a useless fact yeah. that I got to share with you guys. What would that be? Did you know Ron Cooper is now Willie Taggart's assistant coach? Uh, he's bounced around of, of, of several places. Yeah, I just so want to throw it out there. I didn't know if you guys knew. I, I didn't know he was actually on that staff yeah. down in South Florida. He's on but the staff. He's Willie's assistant. I uh, I knew he'd bounced around. I mean, he gets his most famous spotlight moment after his million dollars per one win for Louisville's buyout uh, was when he was called through under the table by Steve Spurrier. He was defensive coordinator in South Carolina, and uh, Spurrier threw him under the table in the press conference after a loss. What did he say? I can't remember the exact word. I have to look. I can wow. look it up. I'm sure it's on video. It was one of the more. Did he say his name, or he just said my? Oh, he could. He called him out. He called wow. him out like in the middle of the press conference. Called him out to the, the podium after after the loss. It was in late '90s. I don't know what point. I forget who they, maybe early 2000s when it happened. 
I forget whenever Spurrier. It was right after Spurrier had gotten there. He keeps getting I'll try to look somehow. it up and find it for you. All right. Wow. Uh, what, else, what else is going on? What else what kind of scoop you got for us, uh, Keith Frazier? Well, what I was, you know, I was thinking about something. You know, we, me, and, me and a couple guys was talking. How, how much emphasis do you all put on your team to pre Do preseason matter? It means is absolutely it a, Is it a matter how you're going to do in the regular season? The only, only thing, you know, only thing I can gauge. Get, some people uh, get so hyped over preseason. Some people get so hyped over preseason. And some people, you know, some people go 0-4 in the preseason and turn around and go to the playoffs. You know, I don't know. You know, I think that third preseason game of the year, you know, that's like a dress rehearsal for most teams. They kind of treat it like they're going to treat it whether if they play on Sunday or Monday or whatever. But I think besides that third preseason game when the starters play for like a, a, a half or a little more, you can kind of judge as far as preseason. I think you're looking at you're looking at what you got on the team. Well, me personally, I don't really want to see the starters play a whole, whole lot because I know what I know what my team have knows. I want to see some of the rookies we brought in or some of the free agents we brought in and see – you know, see what they got to bring to the table. But me personally, it don't, it don't mean a lot to me. But I find a lot of people, they get real hype over preseason. I have to explain to them. I say, man, it's, it's preseason. Don't, don't get too caught up in it. You know, I, you know, you take a team like the Steelers last year, they went 0-4. Preseason kind of meant something for them to have a win this year in preseason mm-hmm. because they hadn't had one in what? They started off 0-8 last year. They lost their first four in preseason. And some people felt like that carried over. You know what I'm saying? So I guess some people do want at least one win, but you know me personally, I don't think it means I don't I don't think it means too much. It, I think, it means you know? it's all for the rookies and it's for the guys, like you said, free agents, guys who are trying to make the team. It's it's just, it's just, it's just trying to see what your backups look like. That's why it's all it's for. It's not for the starters. It's not for the starters at all. That's yeah. why they only play with a, a, a quarter. Yeah, the first, the first they, they play I the first half, the first, first game, down, second game they play like a quarter, yeah. and then the last game they only play like either not at all or a couple minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I think the cutoff. I think the first cut date is what August the what is it, August twenty sixth, maybe. I think so. But or hey, something like that. I think the first. Hey, they have to be down seventy five players. We got to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Out of Bounds. All right, take care. <laughs> Welcome, people. Going deep. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Let's get into this. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the, some of the local teams. We're gonna preview what what we expect uh, from from U of L, from Indiana, from UK. 
But the question of the day is, and, and I, want, I want some of you all out there who think you know college football to call in and see if you can stump my experts, CJ and Fowles. Call in, think about this question. As a Louisville fan, an Indiana fan, or a Kentucky fan, how many games does your team have to win this year for you to consider it a, a successful season? Yeah, uh, obviously, that's a little bit different for each team. Yes, you know, I mean, very different for certain teams, particularly teams wearing blue. Yeah, yeah. Well, each team struggles with different things. Each team has has different uh, starters returning, different schemes. We got big changes at Louisville, big changes uh, at uh, at uh, Indiana, big changes at Kentucky. Uh, call us at uh, the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at three eight four fourteen fifty with any questions, with any calls. We, looks like we got a caller on the line already. Oh, no, I was just telling you, you actually got it right this time. Oh, okay. yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for the backup. That's why you're my inspiration. <laughs> we appreciate that. This, this show is brought to you guys uh, as a team up with Out of Bounds. You, you guys enjoy Carlo and Brandon. And uh, if you guys ever get into any legal problems, call Brandon Lawrence. He will, he will help you out of your jams. Also, uh, you know, if you ever need to talk about life insurance to set your family up, Go with C.J. Mance. He's, he's our co-host and resident professor here. Uh, he, he works with New York Insurance. So call him at 678-938-8961. Hey, Faust, give us, give us your impression, though, here on Louisville. How, how many, what, what do you think the answer to that question is? Well, man, uh, this is going to be a, an interesting season here. It's, it's, we're entering the ACC, uh, Louisville's first season in the ACC. Uh, obviously... First season again with Bobby Petrino. So for the second time, the first <laughs> this season. This is like a second. The marriage. return of the Coach return Bobby P. Of Bobby Petrino. I mean, there's some big losses. Uh, Bridgewater, first round pick. Marcus Smith, Eagles, first round pick. Calvin Pryor, first round pick. Uh, Preston Brown, a third round pick. I mean, there's a lot of losses this year, so there's a lot of question marks. Uh, you know, but Will Gardner. Will Gardner's everybody's going to have a Will Gardner poster in their in their bedroom soon enough. I mean, he's going to be the new uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Well, he threw for 500 yards in the spring game. That was impressive. Yeah, and spring games were basically the same as any other game. <laughs> well, let's let's not go that far. Well, the second marriages are definitely better than the first. And Will Gardner's a incredibly talented quarterback. That's the main thing to understand. Also, you just got to look at the history of Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino has over has overperformed with whatever quarterback he's been given. The worst quarterback he ever had, you guys, people who are fans of this show know that I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan as well. Bobby Petrino was able to get actual competent quarterback play out of Casey Dick, the single worst quarterback in the history of the SEC down in Arkansas. Bobby Petrino, when you give him talent, puts up numbers. Prepare yourselves for the numbers that Gardner's going to put up this year. Worse than Maxwell Smith? Yes. He's worse than Maxwell Smith? <laughs> Absolutely. People have no – people forget the Wildcat offense. You guys remember the Wildcat offense? It's in the NFL now. Tyler Wilson's in the, the NFL. The Wildcat offense was created by Arkansas because they had no quarterback. They were better off playing Darren McFadden at quarterback and running the triple option with their starting quarter with their starting tailback than having Casey Dick as starting quarterback. That's how bad he was. Still, when he came, he they actually credited Bobby Trina with turning him into a competent college quarterback it was one of his greatest accomplishments you give a guy like will gardner to him with all the receiving talent we have numbers points in buckets tonight what, Trust what about reggie bonifin he's the backup quarterback the big guy from trinity i hear he's taking up the uh he's he's backup on the depth chart or gonna be soon uh you think he's got a chance of taking over for 
Will Gardner at any point in the season, or is he going to be redshirted? I, I don't think he has a chance of really taking over for uh, for Gardner this season. I think uh, I think we are set for quarterback for a while, but Reggie, when he's ready to play, is going to give us a nice defin- uh, a nice additional dimension that we haven't had before. Um, when when Bobby Trammell's had a mobile quarterback to run his schemes as well, his offense has basically been completely unstoppable. He's only had it one time. People forget, and that was the last time we beat Florida State when they came here was when we had a quarterback that was mobile. Well, now listen, guys, you talk about a successful season, and with Bobby Petrino coming to Louisville, is it going to be considered a successful season if we just make it through without some sort of weird controversy? Yeah, well. <laughs> see, I mean, see, did you think, is that going to get in the way of success on the football field? Do you, do you see it? Do you see, and, and Faz, I think, I think you, you told me about something today. There's been some sort of controversy involving the new defensive coordinator. Yeah, reports are swirling that there's a lot of uh, uh, angst between – uh, Bobby Petrino and Todd Grantham, the new defensive coordinator from who came over straight from Georgia. Grantham runs a 3-4 and has really never been successful at any stop he's had as a defensive coordinator. But Cleveland but, Browns? No, not the Cleveland I mean, Browns. He was defensive coordinator Indianapolis there. Colts, too. He, yeah, he was, I think off his lines coach. But. Yeah, well, back when Peyton Manning was the, was the, uh, the, was the, was the offense and defense <laughs> at, at the Colts, he was the defensive, cor- or the defensive line coach. But then after that, he went to the the Browns, and they were terrible on defense until 2007. And then he got a job at Georgia, and and every year the defense underperformed. So now now he's at at Louisville with two new safeties, and I think that's going to be the big question this year is is the is the safety. I mean, uh, Holloman is is taking over for Calvin Pryor and Hakeem Smith. Those were big names last year in the secondary. So I mean, yep, that three yep. four defense. Uh, I never like three four defenses. Do you guys like three four defenses, CJ? I Do you like, disagree with Faust? I like 3-4 defenses in the NFL. I'll be honest. I've never been a huge 3-4 defense guy in college. Um, it's just not something I'm really a big fan of. It's a really sophisticated. It tries to be um, a little bit more tricky, disguise coverages, blitz combinations. I think you really got to have an experienced and senior-laden team to really run that efficiently. And um, and But – uh, it has been successful for some other teams, and um, if he can if he can get the guys to buy in, if you buy in and you're actually prepared, you can always succeed. The main thing is also they're gonna be playing with a lot of leads. This could be an opportunity for Grantham. You know, every once in a while you finally find your stop and you finally get that message. You sync with the coaches, and maybe a little bit of um, fire fire from the head coach matches his personality because he's been coaching underneath a not fiery coach and Mark Rick the last few years. So maybe he and Bobby Petrino can. Um, Clash and bring the best out of each other. Who knows? We never know how it's going to work out. Well, they're obviously already clashing. It, uh, if uh, if rumors can be trusted out of uh, out of Louisville that are that are springing out today, but uh, you know, honestly, honestly, is it going to be a success if if he just if he just makes it through without without another uh, strange controversy affair? So, some kind of strange <laughs> strange controversy going on. Uh, I hope so because because. I always believe in second chances. I like to think that everybody can turn around whatever mistakes they've made, and, and this is going to be an opportunity for them to do that. You think they're going to be playing with a lot of leads, CJ? I know we got Miami coming up first. We got, but we got a tough schedule. We got Florida State, uh, the top team team in the country. Yeah, what I'm talking about is the majority of the games are still favored. We're going to be favored in the majority of our games. We're going to have the better offense on the field in almost every game. The one team, the only time we're not going to have the better offense on the field is going to be Florida State. Every other team, we're going to actually have a better offense. We have a better offense than Miami. We have a better offense than Syracuse or Clemson. Clemson has an excellent defense this year, 
They bring back a lot of defensive talent, but they've lost their best two offensive players. What about that air raid? I don't, I, I don't. Kentucky has an air raid now. <laughs> the sirens. I wish we'd. We got some siren sound effects in there. Air raid Maybe sirens. Maybe some horns. No. Yeah, no. yeah they're, they're, oh. not, they're, they're not worthy of the air raid. He's we, not we, even listening. <laughs> it's like. I mean, Watching the Little League World Series. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's uh, gripping stuff. Only CJ's hey, mom is listening. And we've got some stuff. We've got some stuff to tell her, too. It's like so, but not, but not yet. We'll, we'll wait till the end of the show. It's a cliffhanger. There's, there's, a cliffhanger. there's, there's no cliffhanger, or else you're going to hear some people be hung in here. But anyway, <laughs> um, what we're talking about here is really, you're looking at this talent. We are going to be the best offense on the field, save the Florida State game, and, and we, air raid. No air raid. No Drew Barker. No. <laughs> Maybe not Drew Barker. Yet. <laughs> Well, this is uh, this is quickly deteriorating. Right, so, 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 CJ, give me how many games are they going to win? How many games is? Uh, yes, there it is. <laughs> yes, yes the, sorry, uh, I had to pick the first YouTube thing I could find. It was blindly, so I couldn't test the audio. <laughs> so that's the official that's be, UK air raid siren. That's going to be going off okay. all day at Commonwealth Stadium. We, uh, a successful season for us is really, I think, um, with a change in conference. He's nine and three, but I think we should go with the worst ten and two. I think we have a shot of being eleven and one. We are a very Ooh, so good. Notre Dame. You're going to go ahead and, and predict four different records. Not predicting. I'm saying you asked the question of what a successful season is. Successful season is nine and three. I think nine can, and three. I think we should go at the worst is ten and two. So I'll pick a ten and two season. You're a pessimist. No, not a pessimist. Realist. I know Florida State's really good. I think we can win that game. Who are they losing to? Florida State, Notre Dame, and UK? No, there is no UK loss. There is no UK loss. I mean, there are in the SEC, right? Pounds? The the issue still? could be still Clemson at at Clemson could be difficult. That's the only we have. I think three possible losses on the record at Clemson, Florida State at home, and at Notre Dame. Those are going to be tough games. I think we can easily win one or two of those. I think people underestimate just how good we are offensively. We're super strong on the offensive line. Period. Okay, Fels, what do you think? How many games? I'm going eight. I'm going eight wins, four losses this season. And I, I think the reason for that is if you looked at uh, – uh, we're losing Teddy Bridgewater. I know Will Gardner's good, but Will Gardner uh, is playing quarterback, I think, on some torn ACLs. Uh, and so it's not the mobile quarterback that – He did tear his ACL, Fels? Uh, I think he's got two torn ACLs in his career two. since high school. So. So you got you got that going on. Teddy Bridgewater is a huge loss. Louisville, you know they were they were beating teams last year, but they were playing UCFs and, and struggling against a lot of those teams. So I think you're going to see them lose to Notre Dame, Florida State. I think they're going to lose to Syracuse at Syracuse. That's a tough game, even though Syracuse isn't that good. And I think uh, I think they're going to lose one more. I think they're also going to lose at Clemson. Yeah, Syracuse is a tough t- place to play, but they did bring back Devontae Parker. They bring back four senior. They bring back three senior wide receivers and a senior tight end, and they bring back a great running back and four offensive linemen. I, I think after last year, anything less than uh, than one loss is going to be a disappointment, though. I think uh, in the first year of Bobby Petrino, the expectations are so high that anything less than one loss is is going to be uh, people are going to look at it as as a disappointing season. Well, well, let's uh, let's bridge on over across. Cross Louisville. I, for the record, think they're going to go undefeated. Okay, twelve. Well, let's I, see. I, I predict who's no, this, to... is, this is what I really predict. But by midseason, Jameis Winston will be disqualified from from further further play in the NCAA. Something's going to happen. There's just too much controversy with that young man, even though he's a fantastic football player. 
and uh, I hope he I hope he continues get, getting to throw uh, to throw for saves in Florida. You know, at some point, it, it, baseball. He's a multi-sport athlete. He's amazing. That's he's true. amazing. Yeah, I hope true. we get to see him. The new neon Dion. I hope I hope we get to see famous him. Really James. But but uh, I see I see controversy there, and I think if that happens, we go undefeated. Well, Vegas says eight wins, so you guys are both taking the over. All right, I'm I'm sticking with Vegas. That was closest. All right, that's one point for me. I think that's the air raid siren going off. Do Do we need to get into a commercial break, yes. or do we need to? Uh, can we plow through here to Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord! Uh, <laughs> you probably want. Uh, you, I was supposed to take a break in the next couple minutes. You might want to take it now. All, All right, right, let's t- let's take a break now. We're going to talk about Kentucky and Indiana. When we come back. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. The Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line 384-1450. Uh, before we get into this, uh, I'm going to turn it over to CJ. He he wants to talk to y'all a little bit about about what he does, and he's got he's got a big event coming up. CJ, all right. Thank you guys. Thank you for just this uh, 30 seconds right here. Just talking about a little bit of what I'm doing here at New York Life. I protect families. I protect retirement incomes, and I help conserve your assets in retirement. Make sure you don't outlive your money, and help you with health care and retirement. So give me a call at 678-938. 8961, and I can help you take care of any of those things. If you have someone you care about, you want to protect, give me a call. That Once again, that's 678-938-8961. On top of everything, another issue that's close to my heart, it's a new organization that I'm working with. An organization I'm working with is trying to expand its coverage and influence up here in the Indiana area, New Albany. They're putting on an event on September 20th. That's a Saturday. That's the Color Dash. They're doing an event. It's called the Family and Children's Place. They're trying to show people around here what they do, come out, have some fun. That's September 20th on Saturday at here in New Albany. It's called the Color Dash. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the, it's like the sister event to the Color Run down in Louisville. So come out and join us, and we'll have some fun. All right. Thanks, CJ. And Faust, what, what do you think? What did UK have to do to, to have a successful season this season? They've gone 2-10 and ten with the last two seasons, but what about well, this year? I'll tell you what. Last year, they won two games. And coming from Lexington, they they had over thirty thousand some odd people show up to that spring game after a two win season. There's like so, fifty thousand. There is so yeah. I mean, I think there's like fifty thousand. There was at least the first year. Yeah. And, and coming after a two win season, any fan base that shows up, there's more people showing up to the spring games than there are buying tickets to actual games. 
They they won't travel to Louisville for these t- games, but they they'll go to the spring game where they're guaranteed not to lose. So, <laughs> now, but I will say this: they're optimistic about their team every year. They're always optimistic about their team, and yep. they they they, you know, some of that plays into a little bit too much opti- optimism, and and there's a lot of disappointment. They do over love to overvalue their team every year. But I'll say this: this year, if they win four games, they will be ecstatic because that will mean that they'll either beat Louisville or they'll beat an SEC team. In order to win four games, they have to do that. And they beat an SEC team, they're printing T-shirts down in, down in Lexington. <laughs> the first SEC win ever for Kentucky. Ever. You can you could check me on that. <laughs> That'll be the first win ever for Kentucky in the SEC, I believe. I'm, think, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking your memory is a little bit, uh, a little fuzzy. bit off. But Van, a little fuzzy. Well, it's been a long time. Yeah, I, Vanderbilt's I, been a better team the past couple of years. No longer the doormat far, but, of the SEC. But, but I mean, they do have Patrick Tolles, who I've been yelling about that they should be playing for a long time. He's a redshirt sophomore, big prospect out of, out of Highlands, good quarterback. You know, we'll see what he can do. He, he played a little bit uh, – uh, and didn't really inspire too much confidence, but now he's taken over for Maxwell Smith, who's still down there, and I guess just hanging out now. But that they have Patrick Tolles taking over, so that'll be interesting. And then they still have some good players on on offense. Uh, yeah, Blue. Jojo Kemp. I mean, look, if you got if your last name's Blue, you have to go to UK. <laughs> he's playing wide receiver. Jojo Kemp. He, Braylon Hurd's their better running back, but they love playing Jojo Kemp. They just like names down there. Yeah. But but the defensive ends are really good too. The two guys are going to the pros for sure, Zadarius Smith and Bud Bud Dupree. But they can win. I think they're going to win five games this year. Five games is a lot of games. That's said, a lot of games. Uh, they're winning two SEC games. Th- that uh, is. A, I, I do optimism. Agree. Yahtzee. You know, I do agree with you that that uh, dropping the t- the ridiculous two quarterback system that they were going with last year, which was a mistake, and we all saw that in the West in the WVU game. It was, it was atrocious. But they were terrible at special teams. You know, they actually played South Carolina pretty close. Uh, down by seven, and then the special teams came up, came in and, and blew the blew their last chance at that last year. I I don't you know one you talk about never winning an SEC game. One thing they've never done is had three Eastern Division wins against an SEC rival in a season. That's never happened for the Kentucky. And in order for them, that's never happened. And uh, and if, uh, if in order for them to do that, in order for them to get five wins, you give them UT Martin. You give them Ohio, give them uh, Louisiana Monroe, but but the rest of it's questionable. Tennessee, Vanderbilt, uh, Mississippi State; those would be the weaker opponents. CJ, you know, I don't I don't see him. I, I see him winning two games, going two and ten again. I, I think they're going to win. They're going to beat all the uh, teams that they're bringing in to pay money to beat. Uh, they're going to beat UT Martin. They're going to beat Ohio. And they're going to beat uh, Louisiana Monroe. They've gotten better. Those te- UK has gotten better. Those teams just will not have enough talent to compete with the increase in talent U- uh, UK has. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Juice. Who is who is better? Are you better at protecting assets, or is UK's offensive line better at protecting tolls? I think I'm better at protecting assets. I think tolls are going to spend a lot of time on his back. I think Florida State, South Carolina, LSU, Mississippi State. And Georgia and Tennessee and and Louisville are going to put a hurting on tolls. Uh, tolls will be lucky to make it through the season. But here's my point. Here's the big thing. They can be Vandy. Vandy's going through a transition. They're going to be Vandy. But that's going to be the only SEC East team they beat this year. Oh, actually, going to be their other SEC East team. Excuse me. the other team. I forget sometimes they're in the East because they're farther west. Um, is uh, it was Missouri. Missouri lost a lot. They lost their starting quarterback. Yeah, uh, little mock played. Mock played that freshman last year, but they lost Dorian Green Beckham, 
They lost their stud wide receiver. They lost another in the graduation. They lost their two stud defensive ends who were the entire defense was built around. They will not be as good this year. That's the team for UK to beat. Those will be the two SEC teams they so beat. So you don't see it being Tennessee? No, they will not be Tennessee. Tennessee's getting better. They have national recruiting profile, and uh, they got 100,000 people there, so they're not winning that game at Tennessee. You know, and I don't think Kentucky fans consider Missouri a rival, and I don't really think they consider Vandy a rival. You know, Vandy used to used to print up T-shirts when they beat Kentucky. It's but it, it was will, an event. But I will say it's going to be fun watching that annual Florida game. Uh, uh, that's that's all. I love Florida Kentucky more than anything. That's a great game every year. You're going to take. Well, you're going to go down. Gonna crush them. Are you going to go down to that game, Juice? Question one: Are you going to that game? Question two: Are you taking a date? I am not going to the Florida uh, UK game. I will not be taking a date. I will not be. What's that hotline again to get call in and get a date with CJ to that Florida game? Score forward, Lincoln Buzz line. Dateline, yeah, the Dateline. CJ Mance Dateline, 502-384-1450 for the Dateline. To get a date with CJ down to that Florida game. Oh, dear Lord. Man, we've got too many calls already. (laughs) The phone's breaking back there. Sound the air raid. (laughs) (laughs) We're not worried. Apparently the air raid is done. Is that true? (laughs) Um, Anyway, so CJ, do you think – do you see do you see a, a master? I think they were what the worst offensive team in the SEC last year. They will be. They will not they be the worst like. offensive team in the SEC this year. They're going to have they're they're 148 yards per game. They're going to improve that quite a bit this and year. And that and that was that was even destroying Miami of Ohio, which uh, you know, yeah, but, Miami of Ohio was their marquee victory last year. They're, they're going to improve. Uh, I think Vanderbilt will probably be the worst def- worst offense in the SEC this year. Even worse than Florida. Yeah, Florida's going to be much better offensively. They they had too many injuries to produce too much depth. Yeah, the uh, UK last year. I mean, UK last year and the past years has been pretty atrocious. But going into the into the future, I mean, next year is really the make it or break right. year for Stoops. This year, he can do whatever he wants to, and they'll get away with it with the Big Blue Faithful, and they'll be back at the spring game watching for that win. But but ne- next year is really the make or break year, and they got to make a, a a bowl something better than the Beefo Brady Bowl. Yeah. And they they have to make some noise next year. Well, and we're about out of time, but CJ, you're quite interested in the Indiana Hoosiers. I think Indiana's actually got a chance to be one of the most improved teams in the country. They really do. They bring back a lot on offense. Their defense has always struggled, but they bring back a lot of experience. They should be able to be competitive defensively. They're going to score some points. They scored points last year, and the Big Ten is terrible on defense. There's only a few teams that play it. So if you have a good offensive line like a good offense and offensive line like Indiana, you can put up a points. Can you they can, beat beat Ohio State? They haven't done it since '88. They can. They lost Braxton Miller. They can beat Ohio State this year. They won't, but they can. Uh, no Braxton Miller. That rebuilt offensive line. They'll be fine. Indiana's got a real shot to beat a lot of teams, upset someone this year, and I think they'll finish um, above 500 this year and make a bowl game. Above 500. So 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 what do you so give us give us the estimate? I know uh, above 500. But I like I like eight and four. Eight and four. Eight and four. I'm going five and uh, five, five and whatever's the on the opposite side. Seven. I think uh, I I don't think they're quite as good as, as CJ thinks. I think that they lost too much talent last year to the NFL. Cody Latimer went to the second round of the Broncos. Kofi Hughes has been on a couple NFL teams. They lost their tight end to the Redskins. Their three of their four top uh, receivers are gone, and Indiana just can't afford to lose that. They're 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 just not very good, and and the Big Ten will still be rolling over them. I would also be interested to see if they end up beating Penn State, an improved team with a, with a better coach gaining James Franklin from Vandy. But uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting season for the Indiana Hoosiers. I think we're, we're, we're getting to be about out of time. Next week, this, this show will start in earnest. We will be profiling games. 
uh, and we'd be looking at the over/under. We'll be looking at uh, uh, different different things that we think could happen based on the statistics of last season, the last past, past couple seasons, and we'll give you our, our take on the on the major developments in college football. Uh, remember to check out uh, the Color Dash Run. For, it's benefiting the uh, Family and Children's Place. It's over at New Albany, Indiana, on Saturday, September the twentieth. Uh, thanks for thanks for hosting us again. Uh, Fourteen fifty Sports Bus. Make sure that you check out Out of Bounds with Brandon Lawrence every Wednesday. See you guys. Thank you.